uh, mainly worked at uh, Centennial Medical Center. I, uh, this Friday will be my 30th anniversary there. So I uh, started out in radiation oncology there and worked in that area for 20 years. And then they needed extra help over in the bariatric surgery. So I went over there a few years. And now I am in uh, the psych hospital working with uh, geriatric uh, dementia patients. So <laughs> I've had quite the experience <laughs> within Centennial <laughs> over the years. Uh, I did my training, uh, I got my undergraduate at Lipscomb uh, BS in dietetics and then went to uh, the VA hospital in Houston, Texas, which is a 1,200 bed hospital. I uh, did my internship for 16 months out of there. We rotated through all the hospitals in the Texas Medical Center, Texas Heart, Texas Children's, uh, MD Anderson, Herman Trauma. Got a very, very good foundation there while I was out there. Uh, missed my sweetheart fiance, but <laughs> came back to Nashville and stayed ever since. Um, Jane had asked me to talk about nutrition in the older populations, and I understand it's our parents, why, why we're so concerned about their eating. Uh, food is just the basis of what nourishes our body, keeps us healthy. So, of course, we're going to be concerned about trying to keep them healthy as we can, a, a piece of the pie that we can have involvement with and helping in their overall well-being. Uh, if you'll let me twist a little bit on the scriptures, First uh, Corinthians 10.31 says, whatever we eat or whatever we drink, do all in the glory of God. So uh, <laughs> a, a biblical basis for being concerned about our eating. First uh, Corinthians uh, 6.19, Paul calls our body a temple of the Holy Spirit. So definitely we want to take care of something that is housing the Holy Spirit in our body. Uh, what we're going to do is, is talk about some issues that impair intake in older people. We're going to look at some practical things we can do to counteract some of those. And then I'm going to just do a basic goals of good nutrition. So uh, when we talk about things that impair an older, pers older person's intake, we know that aging uh, entails losses. <laughs> In the sensory realm, as a person ages, the senses of taste, smell, sight, hearing are going to diminish. For example, the number of taste buds in a uh, little papilla of taste bud, 245 in children and young adults. That number drops to 88 in older adults. So obviously things are not going to taste as well to them as you and I. Um, decreased sense of taste can greatly infect food intake, and I say infect purposely because, you know, yourself, when you have a cold or something, nothing tastes good. You don't want it. 
you, you can't even get interested in it if it doesn't taste right. It can, it can look beautiful, it can be the most well-balanced diet, <coughs> doesn't taste good, can't have it. Uh, decreased eyesight. A lot of our pleasure of food comes up looking at it. It looks great, you know. You, you think about setting that piping hot bowl of uh, vegetable stew on a cold winter's day. You know, you're seeing that. You're smelling it. All those things come into play before you ever put a bite in your mouth. So uh, decreased sight really plays a part in decreasing intake. You can't see how you're going to prepare it. You know, you're, you're struggling to open a can. You're, you can't read the label that well. You're, certain things going, you just, you got to get the pot out. You got to put it on the stove. You can't see the eye, you know. What the heck, I'll just grab whatever. Doesn't have to be fixed. Okay, so as, as the sense of all these things decrease, then a lot of the pleasure is gone. Sensory decline then leads to, well, don't feel like eating. Pretty soon, you don't feel like eating, you don't eat. You don't eat, you don't want to eat. You don't want to eat, you don't eat more you can get into a real vicious cycle very early with that. Okay, with gastrointestinal changes, uh, there's decreased salivary production. So foods are gonna be drier. You're gonna have to drink more liquids to get it down. Uh, this can also be worsened by a lot of mouth breathing or Certain medications can affect the dryness of their mouth. Uh, tooth decay can happen with decreased salivation because you lose that cleansing of the mouth and the uh, sugars and the acids and everything stay on your teeth and break them down. You even uh, can progress to tooth loss or dentures then chewing becomes real difficult or eating becomes embarrassing. So you eat softer or blander foods just because you're afraid your dentures are gonna slip or you're, something's gonna happen where you might be embarrassed to eat. Uh, sometimes these foods then become less nutritious that you're replacing in your diet and then you can fall into malnutrition because you're simply just eating the things you can eat. Uh, obviously decreased fibrous foods will be uh, consumed because fiber foods you're going to have to chew a little more so that can also lead to constipation. Uh, then you'll have uh, decreased absorption of nutrients so uh, with decreased absorption, you have lower amount of gastric secretion in your stomach, so you're not able to break down that protein as well when you're eating it. Uh, 
protein may hurt to eat, so they uh, back off of that. You have decreased secretion of digestive enzymes uh, from the pancreas, from uh, other areas in the GI tract, where it may make the difficulty of breaking down the nutrients uh, a problem. And of course, as we age, our glucose tolerance decreases. Uh, when you eat a meal, your body naturally secretes insulin to take care of that sugar load and get it out of your system into the bloodstream where your body can use that energy. If you have less insulin available to do that, then it's going to take longer for their body to return to normal after a meal. Basal metabolic rate decreases by 10 to 15 percent more after age 50 largely because of the decrease in lean body mass. Obviously, the presence of chronic disease is going to be there affecting intake. If you're uh, dealing with uh, metabolic processes altering uh, where you're having to eat a low salt, low fat, low uh, tyrene, low whatever specific diet concerns, then that may affect whether or not you want to eat certain foods. Then uh, naturally we have cardiovascular and renal issues. The capacity of the lungs and the amount of blood the heart can pump diminishes with age. Uh, your kidneys decrease uh, the blood flow through it. Uh, the nephrons that you have filtering the waste out of the kidney decrease. So this affects the ability to uh, move those protein wastes out of the body and get rid of those, achieve a proper uh, fluid and electrolyte balance. And then there's uh, some psychological factors. Food habits and beliefs are obviously firmly established by this time. <laughs> the familiar is comfortable. Uh, it's easier to eat the same thing day after day than to worry about what am I going to have today, what am I going to fix. Uh, I was uh, given a <laughs> rude awakening to this in my internship. I will never forget. Uh, being sent to talk to a uh, veteran who was a prisoner of war. And I was going to instruct on him on his new low-sodium, low-fat diet. <laughs> you can imagine how that turned out. <laughs> he, he did listen very politely, and he said to me, Lady, I served six months in a POW camp. I had dry stale bread, and I had broth that looked like the chicken may have waded through it. And when I got out of there, I promised myself I would never deny myself anything I wanted again. So, <laughs> how do you counteract that? <laughs> nope, <laughs> not happening. <laughs> um, and I learned recently in, with my working with my dementia patients <laughs> that uh, they remember <laughs> some of these ideas too. 
Uh, we had a lady that we tried and tried and tried to get her to eat her plate or at least try something on her plate. And it was probably about a week before she uh, actually ate what I'd call a good lunch. But the first day she decided she was going to eat, man, she ate the whole plate. I mean, didn't harm to take a breath. Going, 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 going. Eating, eating, eating. Uh, everything except for the little bowl of salad. <laughs> so, so the nursing tech asked her, uh, said, you ate good today, but what was wrong with that salad? And this little dementia patient said, it's too healthy. <laughs> <laughs> so, food habits are just hard to break. You Sometimes you're not going to be able to get around what a, an individual has a certain belief about the food they're eating or if they've been told that chocolate cake is a sin or you know you just you just have some strange beliefs out there you wouldn't believe that some people feel about certain foods. So that's something that definitely in, in inhibits their intake. And then of course uh, depression can set in, a sense of loss, they've lost loved ones, they've lost mobility, they've lost their sense of worth in the community, uh, lost income, they've lost body image. A lot of these things can really weigh heavily on an older person and Eating is the last thing on their mind. Uh, with physical factors, we've touched on that a little bit. Uh, the immobility issues, if you, if you can't drive anymore or if you can't walk near a grocery store or if you get there and you're too tired to walk down those big long aisles and, and push a cart, or there are a lot of physical issues we don't think about that are going to hamper a person's ability to get nutritious food and eat it. Okay, talked about all of the <laughs> things. What are some practical things that we can do? Uh, I had a lot of experience with this with uh, my cancer patients because of the treatment they go through. They they experience differences in eating uh, physical things due to the treatment. Uh, some things we found with mouth and throat issues were uh, offering plenty of liquids. You know, if, if your throat's sore, you just, you can't get it down sometimes. Uh, you're going to need the fluids not only to stay hydrated, but just to physically push that food on down. Uh, softer foods, blenderized foods, extra gravy, extra sauces. Remember, we're not talking about losing weight or, or restricting calories. A lot of times in these people, you are happy to get whatever calories you can get in them. So, so get the mindset out that we, ooh, we don't add gravies and stuff. That's, if that helps them eat, okay, that's fine. Uh, 
sometimes cold foods can be more soothing to a sore throat. So if just drinking something cold or a cup of yogurt or a, a, a slushy or something, just get them going. You know, you think, how nutritional is a slushy? But, you know, I've had people that, that start out with that and it makes them feel so much better, then they will go on to eat what we consider more nutritious foods. Uh, with the upset stomach, the biggest thing I found is avoiding odors. You'd be surprised how it, what we think is the lovely smell of a wonderful meal cooking can just ooh, send them go. <laughs> can't handle it, can't stomach it. My my mom was that way when she had her chemo. She you could she'd cover it up, put it away. I can't can't handle that smell. Um, little meals throughout the day. You don't have to sit down to a big monstrous four-course meal just just because it's time to eat and you want to get all the nourishment you can in them. Um, if it's nothing but a quarter of a sandwich, we used to tell our people, you know, eat that an hour later, you can come back and eat another quarter, you know. And it, all that little nibbling adds up over the day. You know that <laughs> when, when you're trying to lose this. And, and, and you just kind of graze through the day. You can put on the pounds. So, so allow them to eat as they feel that better. Anything is to the good, <laughs> you know. They get get a half a glass of Sprite down. Okay, that's some calories, no problem. Uh, cool, clear liquids can help between meals. A lot of people, uh, if you fill up on liquids during the meal, it makes your stomach bloated, and and you can really set up that upset stomach by. Un unknowingly filling them up with the fluid before they get a chance to eat well. Uh, avoiding hot, spicy foods. You know, now's not the time for the Louisiana red or anything that's, unless that's something that they have enjoyed in the past and are tolerating it. I've, no greasy, no spicy when you're when you're nauseous, that that heavy stuff just really does not set well. Uh, dry or salty foods, you know, those of you who have had a child who had the dry crackers by the bed <laughs> uh, first thing when you wake up. Uh, I did have a cancer patient one time who told me that when she couldn't eat anything at all in the mornings, when she was so nauseous from the chemo, she learned that she ate potato chips at breakfast and then drank a glass of lemonade. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was just enough contrast that it settled her stomach out, and the rest of the day she had pretty good healthy choices, but 
you know, whatever works. <laughs> I, I couldn't argue with it because she, she had been throwing up and throwing up and throwing up and throwing up. But I, I let her have her lemonade and potato chips every morning for breakfast. Uh, what happens when you're too tired to eat? Uh, ready to eat, convenience, or fresh whole fruits, things like that, pop in a yogurt container or a, a, even a scoop of ice cream or something, just something that you can have on hand to pull out here. You know, don't, no prep, little prep at all. Uh, and then taking advantage of the meals when you're able to free something ahead where you can just thaw and serve. Uh, dry mouth, we've already talked about a little bit. Uh, sometimes just uh, going back to your childhood days and, and dunking foods, you know, you used to do the Oreos and milk, stuff like that. It's that simple. You, you can soak the harder foods in a milk or in a sauce or a gravy or something, gets them extra calories, softens it up, they can eat it. Extra gravies, extra sauces, salad dressings, uh, any little extra is, again, the calories will add up, or if you're melting cheese on something, the protein will add up and come out well. Um, Strange taste to foods. Uh, sometimes because of that decrease in the taste buds, things don't taste well or they don't taste as good as they used to when they were younger. Uh, beef and pork are real big offenders on this. Do, if you're serving beef and pork, then marinate the meat in something so that flavor will sink all the way through that and they can get a better handle on that taste. Um, stronger seasonings like an oregano or a thyme or a basil that really brings out the whole flavor of the food. That are things that they can, again, grab a handle on with their taste buds. Uh, sucking on hard candies, uh, eating uh, sweet or tart food will kind of clear that mouth taste out. Uh, sometimes just the food, the thing you serve the food on will help the taste. We found that when our uh, chemo patients were having a metallic taste in their mouth, if we served it on a paper plate or uh, something not metal to eat with, the, the plastic utensils made all the difference in cutting that strange taste. Uh, feeling too full too fast. Do not pile their food up on a plate. That just turns them off. A lot of people, older people, were raised in the plate cleaning society, <laughs> and they will not let go of that. If you put a plate in front of them, they think they have to finish it. So if you piled it up at the beginning, they know they're not going to be able to eat all that. And and many times they'll just say, no, just take it away. So 
little little small portions you can always come back with an extra if they want more or if they're the type that clean their plate and they're done then come back in an hour or so and, and offer a, a little small portion more. Um, liquids between meals if they're filling up too fast with liquids between liquids during the meal so that you're not uh, replacing the fluid that they're drinking with food they should be eating. Um, taking breaks during a meal time. It does not have to be <laughs> what we <laughs> in working circles, you know, we have 30 minutes for lunch and that includes going, getting, eating and getting back to your workstation. Now, if they want to sit there for two hours and eat slowly and work, it's okay. <laughs> if, if that's what they're doing and they're feeding themselves and they're taking time, it's all right. It's all right. That, that's something that in the hospital is hard to achieve <laughs> because the nurse wants them to get their tray done and get back to the next thing they're doing. But at home, particularly, we don't have to be rushed. If there are cramps, bloating, heartburn, uh, eating slowly, eating the small meals again, avoiding gas-warming foods, uh, trying low-fat foods, uh, chill-down acids may help. This was a trick I, heard, I learned from one of my patients. If you put the Maalox or Mylanda in the refrigerator, that cold and acid going down helps even more than just taking it by itself at room temperature. With constipation, of course, high fiber foods as tolerated. Uh, there are things like uh, ground flaxseed or something that you can mix into stuff and that's not as tasting as some of, of the fiber supplements, if you will. Uh, to me, I, I do it with my yogurt in the morning and it's kind of like crushed graham crackers to me, but it's very fine. It's, it's a good way to add fiber. Uh, Plenty of liquids. <laughs> I can't say that enough. I, if you have to just make a point every hour, you know, one sip of this, one sip of that, one sip of this, one sip of that, it's worth it because all those little sips again add up and you might end up <laughs> getting a, an eight out glass of fluid in before you even realize it. Um, of course, the old reliable prune juice. Uh, uh, sometimes hot beverages can act as stimulants if, if they like hot cocoa or hot coffee or hot tea, something like that. It is very good to get things moving through the system. If they're able to walk, walking is great exercise and it keeps everything running through your system. I've, and walking, I'm not talking about a marathon or a mile or anything. Just walking from one room to the next 
keeping them up, keeping them going. That's, that's the big goal. Now, let's go to the other side, diarrhea. <laughs> ah, starting out with clear liquids and then advancing the diet as tolerated. Of course, you're not going to want any high fiber or greasy or spicy or foods like that that are going to upset the apple cart even more. Uh, replacing fluid loss because that is, you don't think about it, but that is fluid loss through the GI tract as well. Uh, this is an old, old, old diet. Uh, it's been used since I don't know whenever. They were telling us in my internship years ago it was old. We call it the brat diet. <laughs> Uh, bananas, rice, applesauce, and tea. I if, it was I don't know why that combination works, but it does work. <laughs> and uh, feel free to try that. Uh, again, introducing gradually and working your way back. Sometimes there's just other things involved that we're not going to dietetically solve with that. Uh, if uh, certain medicines can interact with their system and, and cause diarrhea, uh, certain uh, changing their habits if they've always done certain things at certain times can be enough to mess up. Uh, some things you might not think of uh, when the seasons change and, and foods that are in season, like the fresh strawberries are coming in now. Strawberries, the little seeds on them have fiber. If they eat a big bite of fresh strawberries because they love that, you can send them off. Uh, with my dad, it was when the turnip greens came in. <laughs> oh, he loved turnip greens, but he could not handle them anymore. <laughs> but I, sometimes, you know, <laughs> you either have to say no or very, very, very small portions with that. Okay, I've been talking a lot. Any questions so far? I think so. Honestly, I do like because oh, my dementia patients—they love their desserts, mm -hmm. and we really have to to watch to make sure they're eating other foods first. But then, if they're definitely not going to eat those foods, we will offer because we know we can always get them to eat the dessert. Okay. Uh, now I'd like to go into uh, some of the things on your handout, some good nutrition practices. 
And I apologize for the little teeny eeny <laughs> picture here on their front page. I had ordered this whole like placemat size handout to give you and they did not come in. <laughs> but so I ran this off on the computer. Uh, we are using now for our healthy choices uh, what's called my plate. So uh, when I was growing up, we used to have the four food groups. Uh, that morphed into the my pyramid. My pyramid was very confusing because you had layers of, you know, your grains, your meat, your protein, and then they had this little fats and sweets on the top. And a lot of my patients thought, wow, that's on the top. That's the most important, and I can eat that every day. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think this is a great uh, reference of how to uh, provide a healthy, balanced meal. We know now that half of your plate should be fruits and vegetables. Here in the South, we know, you know, meat was the star of the show in most of my meals growing up. Uh, protein should be probably about 20% of your plate, <coughs> then about 30% coming from whole grains. Well. Uh, in that you, you can have some refined grains, but whole grains definitely uh, 10 to 15% of that so that you're getting the fiber and the nutrients. When they refine the grain, they're taking uh, the bran and the germ from the grain kernel and just leaving the little endosperm in the middle. That takes the B vitamins, that takes the fiber away. So be sure and get some healthy whole grains in your diet. Fruits can be fruit juices, uh, fresh frozen canned fruit, even cut up pureed fruit, doesn't matter. Uh, with your uh, meats, you can have obviously meat, chicken, fish, uh, eggs, cheese, uh, even the beans and peas are the incomplete proteins in that. Dairy, you're going to do milk, fluid milk. Uh, if you're dairy allergic, then there are lots of soy milk, almond milk, lots of different kinds of milk that are calcium fortified on the market now, which is really great. Uh, but these are just a good basic example here of what a balanced diet should look like. Uh, the reference on the second page focusing on whole fruits. Uh, how many of you include fruit in your breakfast time? Ah, huh. I have uh, raisins on my Cheerios. I have uh, fruit flavored yogurt. Sometimes I'll have a half a banana. These, these options can get you an extra fruit serving in your breakfast meals. Uh, we already talked about making half your grains whole. Vary your vegetables, those bright green, bright yellow, orange, red vegetables are wonderful sources of nutrients. 
moving to low-fat yogurt, fat-free yogurt. Uh, I personally have just acquired a taste for the Greek yogurt. It took me a, quite a while because of the tartness of it, but it is four or five grams more protein in the morning, so a good protein boost to your day. Um, varying your protein route, you know, you don't have to have meat all the time. Chicken, fish, turkey, good lean protein sources. And then drinking and eating less sodium and saturated fats, added sugars. Okay, <laughs> any questions? Absolutely. And, and there's no, I guess there's no real answer, but it is an issue. Oh, yeah. And I've, you know, now being in de with dementia care and I was in cancer care and, you know, each, each family has to make that decision for themselves. But I used to be, you know, you're starving them, you're, you know. Yeah. But now I, I can see where... The, the natural process of going is to slow down and stop eating. Yeah. I was about to say that. Yeah. Um, when my mother was ill and declining, she told us, I don't want to eat. Mm -hmm. And my father, Mm -hmm. because she's not crazy. Mm -hmm. She is not eating as much as she used to. Mm -hmm. His verbalization is let down. Mm -hmm. This morning he wasn't, he was so sleepy. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. tried to wake him up and he wouldn't eat. Yeah. He wouldn't eat anything this morning or drink anything. Mm -hmm. And this has kind of been going on. And I told Fred this morning, I said, I just wish you would tell me, do you want to eat? Mm -hmm. Tell me to say no or do you? Mm -hmm. There is a fine line. Mm -hmm. Now, this afternoon, he may perk up mm -hmm. and eat some yogurt. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then maybe tonight it'll just be Hendrix's. Mm -hmm. And that's so enough. It's, it's really <coughs> a fine line for the family. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah. And Never force. Never no, force. You can't, but, uh, it's hard to know when to say, all right, Dad, I've got some cranberry juice here for you to drink. Mm -hmm. uh, here's a straw. Mm -hmm. Wake up. Mm -hmm. Let's take some cranberry juice. Mm 
Yeah, and and don't ever feed if they're not fully alert, because then they'll aspirate. Yeah, yeah. Time is that up. Yeah. Um, you know, did you go to first service? Yes. Mm -hmm. so she's not gonna be in a hurry to leave if you wanna mm -hmm. yeah. ask her some individual questions. That'd yeah. be fine with her, I'm sure. sure. Thank you, Robin. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs>